0: Welcome to Restoration Church. At Restoration, we focus on reaching the lost, reviving their lives with the gift of salvation through Jesus Christ and restoring hearts, minds, relationships through the power of the gospel. We are a church equipping and empowering the body of Christ to reach their full potential in Christ. We are led by Pastor Rex and Jennifer Hare. We hope you are encouraged by this morning's sermon.
1: You for a few minutes about the topic of the door, the roof, and the room. The door, the roof, and the room. Now, how many of us know that every house is going to have a door, multiple doors? I don't want to live in a house that has one door. How about you? Because you think you're going to be in a one-room house. Amen. How many of us remember the old houses have one door in one room? I mean, anybody ever been a part of those? How many us know that the the big the fad today is the small house, yeah. the yeah. tiny house? How many us know that? Me and Jennifer drove by one the other day, and I, he said, "When we retire, that's what we need—a
2: tiny house
1: so we can spend our days enjoying retirement and not having a big house to clean."
2: Yeah.
1: But every house has a door, it has a roof, yeah. and it has rooms. But today, I'm going to talk to you out of Mark chapter two. I want to talk to you on the topic: the door, the roof, and the room. And I want us to look at it a different way today. I want us to look at about the story. We're going to read the story out of Mark chapter one, excuse me, chapter two, verses one through twelve. Let's read together. A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. So many gathered. So many gathered that that there was no room left, and not even outside the door. And he preached the word to them. Verse 3. Some men came bringing him a paralytic carried by four of them. Since they could not get him him to Jesus because of the crowd. They made an opening in the roof and above Jesus. And after digging through it, lowered the mat the paralyzed man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. And verse 6. Now some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, Why does this fellow talk like that? He is blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? How do of us know they didn't know who they were talking to and talking about that day? Immediately Jesus knew in his spirit that this that this, that this was what they were thinking in their hearts, and he said to him, Why are you thinking these things? Which is easier, to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, take your mat, and walk? In verse 10. But that you may know that the Son of God has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralytic, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. In verse 12. He got up, took his mat, and walked out in the full view to them. This amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, We have never seeing anything like this. Stretch your hands this way and ask God to anoint us for this morning for the preaching and teaching of his word. Father, we love you and we honor you today we thank you for your word. It's a lap into our feet. It's a light into our path. It's not to be hidden but it's to be, to be presented in our lives and lived out in our life today. God, I ask you to anoint us for the preaching and teaching of your word. I ask you to give us freedom that we already feel. And Holy Spirit, speak for us today that your church may be edified and you be glorified so all men and women could be drawn unto you. This is our request in Jesus' name. And all the church said, Amen. 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 Today I want to talk about what a door is. Everybody knows what a door is. Everybody knows that doors either keep something in or keep something out. Amen. How many lock your doors at night before you go to bed? Do you lock your doors at night before you go to bed? Come on, y'all. Some of y'all lock the doors when you go through every door. Amen. A lot of us, a lot of times, we don't realize that we we are door lockers. At my house, my family is door lockers. Amen. If I leave my house and come back home, those doors are going to be locked. Amen. My wife locks doors. If I leave and go somewhere, I don't know. If I leave to go somewhere, she don't lock the door. Maybe she's trying to keep me out. I don't know, but she locks doors. So the bottom line is, we have a door, and a door keeps people in, and the door keeps people out. So today, I want to talk about what doors do. Doors separate one space from another. How many of us have doors that separate your living room from your bedrooms, to your closets, to your utility room? It, it, doors separate these things. Doors do that. So a door is an example of something that keeps something out and keeps something in. Okay. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Okay. Amen. I'm going to do the old preacher thing and spit all over this microphone. Amen. Y'all pray for the microphone and the preacher, okay? The function of the door is to allow people to pass through the wall. Amen. How I many has ever passed through a wall through a door? You did come in this church this morning. Some of you passed through several doors this morning. But a door allows you to pass through a wall. So we lock doors to keep people out. We lock doors to keep people in. Come on, y'all ever had kids just toddling around and you put up those little baby gates That's to keep right. the kids from going somewhere. Y'all look at me like I'm you looking at a new gate this morning. But you put those gates up and those locks there to keep kids from going somewhere they're not supposed to go. How I means ever done that? Right. I mean, that's what we do with little ones because they don't think about danger, they don't see danger, but what we do? What do we do? We see danger in everything, right, as a parent, especially if it's your first child. I mean, your first child, I remember when Jordan was born, I mean, we washed the bottle four times, and the scalded them, put them in the dishwasher and soaked them again. When Colin was born, we just rinsed that baby out, put some formula in it, and he just had to live, amen? Come on, he wasn't sleeping at the time, so you just prayed over and asked God to bless it, and then he moved on. He moved on. And then you live. He lived. But look at him. He's a strong Bible, young man. And I'm not going to preach about Colin this morning. But he lived.
2: So the bottom line
1: is we, we got to we gain something between Colin and Jordan. That's called no sleep and we got more wisdom. Listen. I'm not going to wash the bottle four times. I'm just going to rinse the bottle out and go ahead and crush God. Amen. So, Amen. it made Colin. Look at that hair. That's because I didn't, didn't watch the bottle one time. Amen. I'm going to move on this morning. But Jesus was in a situation and he was beginning his teaching at Capitol. And Jesus went into a house. Jesus went into a house and he began to teach. And he began to teach a group of people that were uh, surrounded him. And he went into a house. When he went into that house, there were so many people in that house that they were outside the door. And it is standing here. It's okay, Jerry. They're just coming in. I'm just going to put it down. i promise you, I'm loud enough that y'all can hear me. But they were in a setting here That they couldn't get all in a house So the doors there Were blocking See a lot of times we got to understand What a door means and I'm going to give you some Sorry if I give you some spiritual principles yes. right here. We need to understand this as a church See this door right here There's a lot of people out there that are not going to come through it Unless you're the church
2: outside yes. this door
1: What we did yesterday Listen I'm going to help Somebody that's religious today I'm going to give it I hope not many of us are religious. What we've done as the church is we curse in the dark what God has shown us in the light. So what we do as a church when we have outreach, I had five families come by me yesterday and thank me for doing what we did yesterday for Lakeview, the community. Yes, Thank you. I had the opportunity, me and another man had the opportunity to pray with somebody that's in a dire situation in their life yesterday that we would not have had. If you didn't serve people wholeheartedly. Yeah. So, actually, what's the, significance of? the significance of it is. When the church is the church. His kingdom. His name is lifted up. And then he's going to draw all people under him. Yeah. And we, we come to the place as a church. That. Things don't work like they used to work. It's okay if I preach right here a little bit. Oh, wow. Things don't operate the way they operate. When I was growing up, Brother Keith, everybody went to church. Yeah. Everybody on Sunday morning took time yeah. out to go to church. Mm-hmm. And everybody wanted to go through that door. But we've entered a season now as the church that was happening in Acts. I many remember the church in Acts when it was just blowing up? Yeah. And after the Holy Spirit fell in the upper room and the church was just growing and thousands were being added daily they weren't having church in the house they were taking the church to the house yes,
2: exactly.
1: to the people so the door represents a in, in this time in this story in Mark chapter 2 the door represents a blocking remember it said that there were so many people in the house and outside they couldn't get to the door so how I many has ever seen somebody that want to buy a ticket come on I mean I remember you ever seen people that want to go to a concert I mean we go to a winter fest every year and you have to wait about two hours just to get in BJCC. Come on, man. anybody ever been there? But you want to get there early because it's first come, first served or the seating. So you want to get the good seats. You don't want to be in the nosebleeds. You want to be able to we can hear the kick drum and the guitars and the bass. And you want to be able to see all those stars on the stage. You want to be able to. You want to be able to get as much out, out of it as you can. But listen to me, church. Jesus was casting out demons and healing people. And teaching them the word of God. And they wanted to be in the room where he was at. And he went into somebody's house. And then we read the story of a man that, that, that couldn't carry himself. But he had somebody with him. He had four men or four people, individuals, that carried him from where he was. He was paralyzed. He couldn't walk. He couldn't get around. He couldn't move. So he had four people that carried him on his mat to this place. And something happened. In this place, that day they couldn't get there. How many of us know that doors will keep will stay closed? How many ever been in a spiritual door in a place where the doors closed and God's not letting you go in? Yeah, yeah. How many will keep, will Have you ever been in a place spiritually when you're asking God to do something, but it seems like the heavens are brass and you're not seeing an answer?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But we go through spiritual things, and this man that was a paralytic that was paralyzed, he was in the fight of his life, but he had something. He had something called friends. Amen. He had friends that were going to take him to the answer that day. So they get to the house and they get there, and there's there's no there's no way to get in the house. So they do something a little different. They're doing something a little different. They're going to go on the roof. Now, in these times, the houses were built with stairs where the you could, and the roofs wasn't very high, but you could walk up on the roof. They did things. They stored things on the roof. They, they laid their food out to dry. They, 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 they had a, a way of keeping their food, so they did different things, their vegetables and stuff on the roof. So the houses were different then, but it was still a roof. Now, how many of us like to have a leaky roof?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Jennifer woke me up the other morning, and she says, hey, Rex. Hey, babe, wake up. And I said, what? She said, there's water coming through the roof in God's bathroom now we had a hurricane' coming through or a tropical storm the last thing you want to be woken up to is that there's water dripping through your new house roof right? but when me and Colin went and got the ladder and got up on the roof and we find out we have a metal roof like the church does and we find out that some of the screws wouldn't run all the way down and I got up there and I seen that where the water was coming from the screw was backed out and it was allowing that little stream of water and uh the uh, ridge vent wasn't screwed all the way down. Come on, I mean, it's, you know, you got to do things yourself nowadays. That. Yeah, that's And
2: right. the wind
1: and the rain was allowing that water to get in there. And it, thankfully, you know, even in a bad time, one little spot's always got wet on the wall, and it's fixable. But the bottom line is, because the screw wasn't there doing its job, the water was getting through. And anybody's ever put a metal roof on, the screw has a rubber grommet on it, and it has to be seated on that metal keep the water from getting through because it's holding the steel down, but it's also making a hole to go through that steel to connect it to the wood, right? Right. So that screw's not doing its job because it's not in its proper place. Listen, this paralyzed man couldn't get to where Jesus was, but he had a community of four people that were willing to stop what they're doing and take that man to Jesus. Now hear what I'm saying, church. We have for too long sat here and cursed the dog. And because people don't look like us and don't talk like us and don't act like us, they're the enemy. The world is not the enemy. Come on. We're not supposed to be like the world, but the world is not the enemy. The world is looking for the answer, and we are the Bible-believing saints of God who have the answer, and we need to take it to the world. Amen? Amen. Amen. So I'm going to pat you on back a little bit. You know what I saw a little restoration church doing? yesterday, and I say that word little because enjoy that because it's not always going to be that way. Amen? You So, Pastor, well, I like the small church field. I like it too, but the Bible tells me that he wants to bless me, press down, shake it together, run it over. Yeah. So he's going to bless me, press down, shake it together, run it over. If, if you like seeing empty seats, uh, guess what? This might not be the place for you because the seats going to fill up. Amen? Amen. You say, well, Pastor, what does that mean? What if you were that person that's out there this morning, lost and strung out, and your life is broken and your fourth or fifth marriage is falling apart
2: and you have no hope and you're dependent on the church to get you that hope right
1: what were you what if you were in that place? Do you know what I saw yesterday I saw a small community of believers blessing their community yeah not asking for anything in return just blessing the community what did Jesus do He reached this community? He didn't curse them. He loved them. When he walked up to Mary Magdalene, he didn't tell her about her adulterous lifestyle and all the men that she lived with. Yeah, he talked about that. But he didn't tell her that condescending. He showed her how much he loved her first. He had a conversation with her first. Remember Jesus talking to the man that had the legion of demons inside of him? He didn't rebuke the man. He rebuked the demons. We need to understand that. People are not our problem. It's the spirits that control people. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 6 that we wrestle not against flesh and blood. So there's some of us that's holding on forgiveness and we've, we've been hurt in the past and we won't let things go. And really, it's not the people that's holiness, it's the spirit that caused the people to do it to us that's holiness. Amen. Amen. So we have to understand something here. We need to understand in order for God to take us to where we need to go, we've got to let it go. And then everybody look at your neighbor and say, let it go.
2: This
1: man is being carried through the streets of Capernaum on this mat, still paralyzed, but his life is fixing to be changed forever because he had a community. So, well, Pastor, what are you saying to us as a church? I'm saying that every asset we have as a church, every bit of energy we have as a church, we need to quit cursing the dark and start speaking to it. We need to start sharing Jesus like it's your family member that's in the situation. Come on. Anybody ever seen your family member in that situation that's lost and broken and it breaks your heart and you see that situation? Listen, until we start treating the world Like, I'm not talking about love the world and the sins of the world. I'm saying when you have compassion on me. Remember when Jesus stood out over the city, Brother Keith, and he said he was broken because he saw the brokenness of Jerusalem. And he prayed, God, I wish you would come unto me. And he said, Jerusalem, oh, Jerusalem, oh, that you would come unto me. Listen, church, you can't expect God to give you a spirit of evangelism if you're not broken over hurting and lost and and, and broken people. You say, well, Pastor, what are you trying to say? No, I'm I'm not trying to beat you up the head. I'm trying to get us to see this morning as a church. What we did yesterday is called evangelism. John was called the evangelist. Mm -hmm. Why? John was called the evangelist because
2: he reached people. Mm
1: -hmm. Paul was called a planter of churches and became an overseer of churches because Paul forgot about his soul." And the theologians tell us that Paul sprinted to his execution, his martyrdom. Isn't Paul the one that says to be absent with the body is to be present with the Lord? You know what Paul understood? Paul understood that high dollar education that I got. And that high position that I had in Roman government don't mean nothing. I count it all rubbish that I might know Jesus in yeah. the power of His resurrection. you can't run to your on if you don't know Jesus in the power of His resurrection. You said, "Well, Pastor, look at our world. Look at our nation. Look at our country. What's going to happen Tuesday? I don't know what's going to happen Tuesday, but I know what's going to happen after the presidential election Tuesday. God is still going to be on the throne. Yeah. And he's still going to have a church, and the gates of hell my not." Better and we are called to reach the lost. Paul right. said, we're married to the spirit of reconciliation. That's what Apostle Paul said. God is going to reconcile. You know what happens to somebody if they're in the divorce court and they get back together? They call it legally they're reconciled. How I many of us would love to see God start reconciling marriages instead of them going into divorce? Yes, amen. Come on. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no man put asunder.
2: What
1: about the church? See, the church can't help people if the divorce rate is higher in the church than it is in the world. See, we, we forgive a lot of times that God give us a certain way to do this Listen, I'm gonna to speak to somebody here today. You can allow God and the church to help disciple you don't allow the ministers to speak into your life.
2: That's
1: right. yeah. You can go on to the next church and go look for the next church and it's bigger and better. Listen, I've watched them leave by the droves. Mm-hmm. But the problem wasn't the church. If it's okay if I share this this morning. Right. The problem is there's no surrender there. Yeah, right. There's no true conversion. Right. And I got doors in my rooms in my house that are closed and I'm not going to let God in. But I'm going to blame the church for yeah.
2: yeah. it. supposed to say that.
1: Oh. Hear me today church. Listen. The ones that want to be, listen, there were a lot of people in, around that house and in that house today, that day, that wanted to be associated with Jesus. But how many of them would still be around when Jesus was being pulled up on the cross? Hear mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? It's easy to be associated with something but it's hard to be committed to it. Right? Anybody's ever heard in court, y'all watch all the Order all the shows? Guilt by association?
2: Right.
1: That you get guilty because you're associated? Listen, could we today as a church be convicted by our lifestyle of being a Christian
0: mm-hmm.
1: if we were before court, mm-hmm. Or would we just look like the world?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Would we be You say, well, Pastor, why are you saying such things? I'm going somewhere. Here. Jesus was in a room, in a house, in Capernaum. This man is being carried by a community of friends, poor people. They're going to take him to the healer. Go with me for a moment. They go to the door. They can't even get to the door because there's so many people there. So what they do is they take him up on the roof. And then I can imagine a boy having a conversation. How are we get him in? And the woman says, you know what? We can tear this roof off and get him in. And we can drop him down Right where Jesus is at. So I imagine that's probably one with his ear down to the roof. Where is he at? Well, to listen for Jesus' voice. Because remember, the whole time Jesus is teaching, isn't that right? You know what the Bible says? He's teaching them. So they tear the tiles off the roof. Now hear me today, church. You think evangelism is easy, you think building a church is easy, you think reaching people for the kingdom is easy, but you're going to have to dig
2: through some stuff. Come on. So they're digging and tearing the roof
1: off to try to get this man there on his, on his little top, getting down to Jesus, but they're having to dig through some stuff. How you many in your life, as God begins to change your life and convert you and disciple you, you got to dig through some stuff. Come on. That church, You're going to have to dig through some stuff. I means you're going to have to let God have some things that you can't control, and that you can't How many has ever had anxiety? How many has ever battled depression? Mm -hmm. How many has ever battled the spirit of suicide? Mm -hmm. That's things we can't fix. But Jesus said, I make all things new. Isn't that what he said? And he told me, Joanna, to take heart because I've overcome the world. He said, in this world, you're going to have trouble, but take heart because I've overcome it. You're going to have laws, but take heart because i overcome it. You're going to see things happen that you don't want to see things happen, but Jesus is still telling us to take heart because he's overcoming. Right. And so the ring of authority that we've been talking about several weeks, these guys apparently knew a little bit of some, something about Jesus. So they're there. They tore the tiles off. They dropped the paralytic man down in the roof right in front of Jesus. And Jesus is amazed by their faith. What is faith? Hmm. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Isn't that what scripture says? Yeah. So their faith moved them so much because they were tired of seeing their friend lay there on a the mat, having to depend on everybody else for his well-being every day, that they were going to at least get him to the room where they thought they could give him some help. Yeah. And they went beyond the norm to get him into the room. They tore somebody's roof off. Now I don't know if you own the house, but I'm pretty sure they're not happy about somebody tearing the roof off. I wasn't happy the other morning that I was walking to the sound of, hey, we got water running through the roof. And I'm thinking, what? (laughs) But thanks be unto God, we found the leak and got it fixed. Amen? So the bottom line is they dropped the paralytic man down through the roof right in front of Jesus. And Jesus says this. He was marveled at their faith. And Jesus says, your sins be forgiven. Now listen. The Pharisees are also there, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Religion. You know what the Pharisees represent in the Bible? Religion. Jesus said, you're white and sepulchers. You're tombstones. You're whitewashed. You look good on the outside. But on the inside, you're full of dead men. What was Jesus telling? You? you represent religion. Listen to me, church. The spirit of, the re- of religion in the churches must go.
0: You.
1: If you're not hearing anything that I'm saying today, hear what I'm saying. Religion. What is religion? You know what religion will do to you? Religion will make everybody in your life have to earn it because you're religious. You know what a relationship will do to you? It will send you to heaven and get you free. Come on. What is a relationship? Jesus formed relationships with his disciples. The reason Jesus was able to rebuke Peter, then reconfirm it and restore Peter is because Jesus had a relationship with Peter. The reason Jesus was able to speak to the demon because Jesus loved that man. Remember the legion? He says, they're legion because we're many. He didn't have just one demon. He had many demons. But you know what Jesus was about to do? He was about to set this man free because Jesus loved the man. Amen? Yeah, amen? And he knew he had authority. So Jesus tells the man, okay, your sins be forgiven you. And then the Pharisees are thinking they're not saying they're not saying anything. Mm-hmm. They're doing like a lot of church people. I can't believe the pastor's preaching about that this morning. Mm-hmm. Did he read my mail this week? The pastor don't know anything about what you're doing this week. <laughs> but what, he, what was he, what would the Pharisees say? How can this man forgive sins. Is he God? He speaks blasphemy. And Jesus knew what they were thinking. Didn't know what the scripture said? And he says, okay, I'm going to make it easy for you. Is it easier for me to say your sins be forgiven you or man, get up off your mat and walk and go home. Take your mat and go home. He said, but to prove you I'm God, man, get up off the mat and take your mat and go home. And he did so. And the Bible said they glorified God. All that was in the room. So the point I'm trying to make to us today, church, when you go to do something for the kingdom and you start accomplishing things for the kingdom, the spirit, the spirit of Pharisees, the pharisaical spirit is going to rise up in the church. Come on. Amen? Oh, real quiet in here. This morning. Yeah. Hear what I'm saying? Those no naysayers, I faced it. I'm talking to the state overseer about this church. I had two pastor friends of mine here comment saying, You're taking Lakeview? Are you crazy? There's three other churches open right now. Why are you going to Lakeview? That church is dead. But you know what the spirit of the Lord told me? I give you whatever your hand touches. Whatever your foot touches, I give you. You just go there and you obey me. You say what I'm I'm trying to tell you today is that pharisaical spirit that those people, they didn't mean to hurt me. They were just trying to warn me. Listen, let me tell you something. You don't doubt in the dark what God's shown you in the light, church. You cannot do that. And the only way that you cannot not doubt in the dark what God has shown you in the light is you able to hear the voice of God. John 10 and 27 says, My sheep know me, and they hear my voice, and they know my voice. Yeah. Listen, those men were trying to get this paralytic to Jesus because they knew there was some help there. They knew there was some help. They knew he was going to be free. But notice what happened first to the paralytic. Jesus forgave his sins before he killed his body. Mm-hmm. Right. So a lot of people want Jesus to give them something but they're not really willing really to spiritually give them their life. Mm-hmm. We got a vending machine mentality in the church today. I want God I hear people say this all the time. I want God to bless me but I'm not going to give him my life I'm not going to give him my addictions. I'm not going to let him have strongholds. I'm not going to let go of unforgiveness. But I want him to bless me. Listen, the blessing don't come if you have surrendered.
2: surrender.
1: Amen. The Bible says that God reigns on the just and the unjust alike. What does that say? The Bible says that God blesses people who are undeserving of it and those that are worked for it. Isn't that what it says? There's a formula for walking in the authority and the forgiveness and the freedom of Jesus. And that formula is the word of God and we can't waver from it. And there's a formula for reaching our communities for Jesus Christ. We can't it from you. I was praying the other day and the Holy Spirit just spoke this to me and he took me back to the church in Acts, uh, Eric and he said this to me in my spirit. The same way I brought this church in, the same way I'm going to take the church out. What was the church doing in Acts? Selling what they had and meeting the needs of those who didn't have it.
0: You
2: know what
1: they were doing? there was no government there was no welfare system there was no wig. these are all good problems you hear what I'm saying you know what the church was doing the church was meeting the needs of the people even before they were converted you know, you know what the Bible says yeah. right. so how's the church going to be successful in the last days listen understand you church understand me when I say this today People don't look at the church the way they looked at the church 30 years ago. They look at the church as a bunch of hypocrites.
2: Don't yeah. Yeah. talk to
1: people that don't know Jesus and they'll say, that bunch of hypocrites, the same folks that's trying to tell me about Jesus, is the same ones on Friday night at the club get turned up and told them. Amen. Hey, am I talking?
2: Yeah.
1: Am I speaking truth this morning? Amen. Yeah. They will know that you are my disciples by your love for one another. If I'm trying to hate somebody into the kingdom... That's not very effective. But when I'm trying to love somebody into the kingdom, God's going to bless them. So how many times, like yesterday, I saw family after family after family. Love on people that you don't even know. Some of them you knew. Some of them your neighbors. Some of them your friends. Some of the people you went to school with. That's all good. But you didn't do it by hating on people. Amen. You did it by loving on people. And love's going to win every time. As a matter of fact, in 1 Corinthians, Paul put it like this. Faith, in the end, faith, hope, and love remain. But the greatest of these is yeah. love. All the tongues, all the gifts of the Spirit are going to cease one day. But you know what's still going to stand? The Word of God and love. Because Jesus himself is love. So what are you saying today, Pastor? I'm telling you today, church. Hear what I'm saying.
2: God has
1: called us to the kingdom for a time such as this. There is a window of opportunity open for Restoration Church. Will we take it? And it's going to take you seeing with spiritual eyes what you don't see in in the flesh. The Bible says that He is a spirit and we must worship Him in spirit and truth. Tracy, we have to learn to see with spiritual eyes what the Holy Spirit is saying to the church. You said, what are you talking about? That means in the spirit, it will happen before it happens in the flesh. Right. If we're not prepared for it, listen, if we're not prepared for growth in the church, God's not going to give it to us. Yeah. Did I just say that? Yeah, I did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That means everybody has a place to serve. Everybody has a place to help. You say, so, well, Pastor, I can only do this. I can only God I work all the time. I give what you got.
0: Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Do what you can.
0: Yeah.
1: Serve however you can. Serve how you can. I was praying a few months back and I was asking the Lord for things that we need. And the Holy Spirit, if I've ever heard the Holy Spirit speak to me and I have several times in my life, thank God, but I heard the Lord say this, you've got everything you need in your church for right now in your church. They just haven't reached their potential. Help them find their place. Help them find their place. place. So, as a church, are you seeing God put some pieces pieces together in this church? Yeah, we've seen loss. We've seen people move away. We've seen people enter a different, different season in life. We've seen people just choose to walk away. But you know what? I'm going to believe in these times. I'm going to believe that our best days are here. Amen. Amen. I'm going to believe the Word of God. I won't quit back up, I'm not going to throw in the towel because things don't look good this Sunday. Listen, if you're a pastor and you get hung up on the numbers, you ain't going to last for about a month But you're going to be on a roller coaster ride every week. But if you'll learn to see and hear the voice of God, if you're a Christian and you get hung up on what God's done for me today instead of believing what he's going to do for me tomorrow, I mean, how many of you ever thank God for something you had not even got yet? Yeah. That's the reason the scripture tells us to speak those things that are not as though they were.
2: That
1: yeah. I means asking, still praying and asking God to do something, but you haven't seen it come to fruition yet. Yeah. That don't mean God's not going to do it. Now Bible talks about seed time harvest. Anybody that's a whole nother sermon. Mm-hmm. When you plant a seed, you don't immediately get the harvest off of it. Right. Brother Keith, you're a gardener. You like the garden. You put that seed in the ground, it takes a few days to even mm-hmm. come up, don't you? <laughs> And the soil conditions and the temperature and all of the relegate how that seed's gonna grow. Listen to me, church. You, the Bible says, one man plants the seed. One man waters, but he has to give the increase. It's not left up to me to build a church. You don't want to step up to me to preach the gospel and to love on people and to help disciple people and then he'll give the increase. Because he said, if I be lifted up, I draw all men unto me. He so said, we don't have to do the job of the Holy Spirit. We just have to present the word of God and walk in freedom and liberty and watch God move. That's the promise. So what did these guys do that day? They took him to the room. They got him in the room by tearing the roof off. I'm sure the guy that, that tore the roof off the home um, house was happy the man got healed, but I'm pretty pretty sure he's wanting his roof put back together to right So the Pharisees are there and they're judging Jesus. And Jesus can even hear their thoughts. Think about that. How many has God's ever read your mail? How many's ever come in here on a Sunday and Pastor Rex preached right to you like you going to put in a room? Amen. Yeah. Yeah. I come in here every Sunday and Pastor Rex preaches right to me a lot of Sundays. I mean, there's things that come out of my spirit that I didn't put there, but the Holy Spirit put there maybe to help me. See, I hear you, you hear me at church, I'm preaching to the preacher a lot of Sundays. I'm just a man like you are. But the, the Lord speaks to me just like I, when I'm speaking to you. Hear me today, church. Listen to me. You can't that you can't associate your words with one season of your life. A lot of us are walking through difficult times. That season won't always last. Mm-hmm. Hear me today, church. Just hear me today. COVID won't always be here. Mm-hmm. The things, the hoops we have to jump through today, they won't always last. And guess what? There'll be more trials down the road. than that what the sure. scripture said? Amen. Yeah. 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 So don't gauge your worth in your life over one season. You say, well, Pastor, I have messed up. I have blown it. I have fell short this week. Guess what? There's a king that still loves you. Right. There's grace that's still sufficient. Right. Now hear me today. Hear me today. The last thing we need to do as a church is take a pharisaical spirit. So what are you saying, Pastor? We think we're better than people.
2: Yeah.
1: We think we're better than people.
0: Because
1: yeah. there's people that walked across these grounds yesterday that lives are messed up. <coughs> mm-hmm. But you know what they're looking for? A little bit of hope.
2: Right.
1: A little bit of love. And a little bit of freedom. Jesus didn't win all those churches. Jesus didn't heal all those people. Jesus didn't raise all those from the dead. You know what his, his disciples did? His disciples, because he reached people and discipled them, and said, The greatest gift we can give Lakeview and McCullough and Woodstock and Brookwood. And all these areas around us is Jesus. Amen. Yeah. Okay. And it's to be lived out every day. That mean, that don't mean you're going to do it all right every day, Natalie, because you're not. But you know what? The Bible says, remember when when the person comes to Jesus and he says, you know, if a man wrongs me, how many times a day should I forgive him? Yeah. He said seven times seven, which is 49. That's pretty good, folks. Good math, did not it? <laughs> seven times seven, that's 49. Now, Jesus said 70 times 70.
0: Mm.
1: 490. Listen, what Jesus was saying, forgiveness is not stopping at 490. It's just more magnified than what you're thinking. Mm. So, you could fail him 490 times a day, Jack, and he's still going to love you. Mm. You could come short 490 times a day, and he's still going to love you. You could come short a 1,000 times a day, and Jesus is still going to love you. His grace is sufficient. But people that care about the Pharisaical spirit are people that think you got to earn it. I
2: remember the song we sang this morning. I don't deserve it. I couldn't earn it. Still, you give yourself away. We think about that.
1: We sing that in worship all the time. It's not an earner, it's a gift. Don't live your life, church thinking about what you used to be. Jesus said it like this. He says, so that you know I'm God, this is what I want you to see. Just so I can forgive, you know that I can forgive sins and I have all authority. You that know what Jesus was saying? He said, i tell you what I want him to do. I want you to get up off your mat, take your mat and walk and leave and go home. He's already forgiven his sins. Now he's about to heal. And the Bible says that the guy up, took his mat and he walked out rejoicing in it, what does Scripture say there? That he got up rejoicing, and the people rejoiced with him. Now listen, you know what happened? Those Pharisees didn't like that. You know why? Because those Pharisees was about religion. You know what religion is about today? You know why it's killing many churches? Because religion is about control. Right? Did I say
2: that? Yeah, religion
1: is about control. It wants to control you. But you know what a relationship does? It bonds you. That's the reason we need relationships, not religion. For too many years, I walked around thinking, Brother Keith, that I got to earn it. That I got to be good enough for God to bless me and help me. And that's not what it's about. It's about me falling into the grace of Jesus. It's about me understanding who Christ Jesus is in me. That I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That he has made me the head and not the tail above and not beneath. That my children can be going through something, Sister Tracy, and I have the authority to go them before the throne room the Christ. That he did that for me. That that person that I work with or I go to school with or I'm around every day that's lost and broken, I am the source to lead them to Jesus. Amen. And when we start doing that, that's when the church is gonna start thriving. Because He said, if I be you," You know the greatest way to lift Jesus up? Show somebody else Jesus. That's right. If you lift Jesus up, he's going to draw all men on You say, well, Pastor, I, I don't know a lot of scripture. No, John 3, 16 and 17, you can lead somebody to the Lord. Amen. That's right. With two scriptures. Yeah. So our challenge this today, church, is kudos, number one, to you for what you did yesterday and how yes. to serve week in and week out. But realize this, Religion robs us of peace. Relationships gives peace. Relationships will always give peace. I believe that God's calling us to a time of the church that people are going to find Jesus around campfires and in Bible studies at home. I believe that. Yeah. The same way he ushered it in is the same way. Listen, there was 120 in Acts 2 in the upper room. That was way more than that brother Keith when they started Right? Mm-hmm. Only 120 Was there when the Holy Spirit left the church And the world was changed By 120 people occupying and staying in that room Do you think 120 people can have A difference? How many of us have different opinions? Okay. Think about 120 people in a room But the Bible says they were in one mind And one accord. How do you get in one mind And one accord? You set out Jesus so when the church is in one mind and one accord, that means, listen, it may not always, listen church, it may not always be the way you like it. We may not always, the church may not always do it the way you like it, but don't suffice, serve the church. Serve Jesus. Amen. Yeah, yeah. We need to quit serving people and serve Jesus. If we serve Jesus, we're going to want to please Jesus, and we're going to have an all. How many of us realize, remember when we used to come in church, and you probably felt it this morning, and you anticipate God moving, baby? amen? Amen. Do we walk in a spirit of anticipation? Listen, those guys would have never tore the roof off of a church if they didn't anticipate Jesus touching this man. Yeah. Yeah.
2: But they didn't see it.
1: They had to get their hands dirty. They had to dig through some stuff. I'm talking to somebody today. Just keep on digging through the stuff to get to Jesus.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Keep on holding on. Keep on pressing in. Keep on believing. Keep on
1: praying. The Bible says, The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man or woman of Bell's that means it means something to God. You say, "Pastor, I ain't seen it yet. Keep on believing. Mm-hmm. Faith is the substance of things not seen, the evidence of things hoped for. I hadn't seen it yet, but I still believe it. Mm-hmm. But you know what faith does? Faith, a part of red sea, will it not you. Faith can give ten commandments. It, 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 I'm just talking about what things did. Faith will bring dead people out of the tomb. Isn't that what faith does? Amen. Faith will make demons flee. You know what faith does? Yes. How many you know that the disciples walk by people? I'm done with this, I promise you. The disciples walk by people, and Scripture tells us that their shadow healed people. Yeah. John and Peter walk by people in the market, and their shadow healed people. You say, well, Pastor, is the Lord going to do things like that in the church? Oh, yeah, He is. Get ready, church. I'm going to do a TDJ this morning. Get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. Amen. Hear what I'm saying today. You say, well, Pastor, is the enemy intensifying the attack? Look around you in America how divided we are. Do you believe that the attacks are being anticipated? But the Bible, the Bible also tells us that He's not going to leave us without hope. Baby. Amen? And that in the last days he's going to pour his spirit out upon all flesh. And when the enemy
2: comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will lift up the sand.
1: He's going to stand in fight over. He's going to have a church. We're a part of the kingdom. We're a part of body believers. He's excited at the this time. Hold on, church. Hear what I'm saying. That there's somebody that God has put in your path. They're on their mat. They're paralyzed with the brokenness of this life, yes. and they just need somebody to pick them up. Yes. Because I can just imagine those people, Jake, trying to tote that man and thinking. You know, we're going to look like fools if we get there and Jesus don't touch this man. But that didn't stop him, Sister Judy. They just kept on to the paralytic man. Because you know what? He didn't tow himself. He couldn't get himself there. But he had a community of believers. You say, well, Pastor, how do you know they're believers? Because they've taken him to the house where Jesus is. Right.
2: Hear what I'm saying
1: today, church. Keep doing what you're doing for the kingdom and God's going to give you a harvest. And not only is he going to give you a harvest, but he's going to answer needs in your life. I speak this prophetically today. By the power of God and the Holy Spirit, God is about to break some things in some people's lives today. There are some strongholds even right now coming down in people's lives today because you're walking in obedience. That's the reason scripture says obedience is better than sacrifice. So they're walking through the town and they got people staring at them, thinking, why are they tucking this crippled man around? This guy's that's the one that's over here on, on uh 8th Street, begging for a few coins every day. But they didn't know, What they didn't understand that because four people obeyed God, this man's life was changed forever. Yes. And the greatest gift that he got that day wasn't the use of his legs or his body, was that he would be
2: saved by the King of all kings and the Lord of all lords.
1: It's going to happen this way. Jesus is going to save them. Jesus is going to heal them. Jesus is going to restore them. The vision God gave for us six years ago reach, revive, restore. Reach, revive, restore. Reach, revive, restore. restore. When I lay my head on a pillow at night a couple of days this week when I've been really discouraged, I can hear the Holy Spirit saying to me, Reach, revive, restore. Keep your hands to the plow. Don't give up. Keep pressing in. I'm talking to somebody today. Somebody in your life, in your community, is laying on a mat and they're paralyzed with the things of this world. You pick them up and you take them to Jesus. So well, how do I do that, Pastor? Sometimes it's being a good listener. I many know that a lot of times people just want you to listen to Is that always comfortable when we have these uncomfortable conversations? Sometimes you gotta go a little farther. Sometimes, Trace, you got you gotta help them. And the next time you look around, you gotta sacrifice for them. That's what we're called to do. Yes. Church is just as powerful today as it was at Acts. And we do it by the book. Yeah. True. Sure. The Lord said it like this Heaven and earth shall pass away, my word will not. My word Lord. We do it His way, we walk in His blessings. Let's pray
2: together, Father. We love you, we honor you, and we praise you. I'm thankful for people today, God. That took the paralyzed man from you. That
1: didn't stop at the door when it was blocked or closed, but went on the roof and got their hands dirty and tore the roof off. Then they had to lower them down until you but I'm thankful for that.
2: I'm thankful and I'm asking you, Jesus, to give us the spirit of these four people
1: that were willing to go and inconvenience themselves to take a man who couldn't help himself, himself, and take them to you. Allow us to be burned in our spirits, Lord. Take them to you, Lord. We may lead people to the Lord not physically in a church, but maybe at a coffee, having a cup of coffee, maybe by the fire, maybe in somebody's home, maybe at Walmart, maybe in the grocery store. Wherever we may be, God, give us those encounters, give us those times to reach, to buy, to store. We ask these things in Jesus' name, and all the church said, "Amen." Thank you, Lord. Amen. He's brought us to the kingdom for time such as this. church. For times such as this. yeah.
2: Just like Esther
1: was given the task, that John of going before the king, and she knew she could be be
2: killed. She
1: still went in it. She understand, understood the value of loving people and saving her family. She said, "I may be killed, but I'm gonna go in. I'm
2: gonna press the We love you today. We thank you for being here.